With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the Tour Report from Secret Golf. The week after the PGA Championship, Elk, it was a tough course. Man, Oak Hill definitely showed its teeth. I personally love it when we have majors with very, very high scores. But in the end, it was Brooks Kepka who got the better of everyone else, including Victor Hovland, to lift his third Wanamaker Trophy, his fifth major. What do you make of Kepka being back? You know, it was interesting watching the tournament, Diane, because I played Oak Hill uh, in 13, and I played it back in maybe 89 when Curtis Strange won his second U.S. Open, and it still looks the same. It's really narrow. I mean, when you watch it on TV, it's hard to get a feel for how looks so looks like you can't hit the fairway. It's so narrow. And then we sort of, as the week went along, we realized, as viewers, that is, that the front nine was really hard. Like, once they got to the sixth, it was like, can they par six? Can they par seven? Can they par nine? And then once they got around, it seemed like when they got to about the 13th, it looked like, okay, there might be some birdies here coming in and, and sort of 17 and 18 played a little easier. But but Brooks, Brooks Kepka, you know, you know, there's so many things being talked about him today. But I, honestly, I think, you know, coming back from all the injuries and so on. But what I think helped him more than anything was him losing the Masters because he consciously told us all on the press that he had fixed something and it was a mental mindset. I'm guessing that it was something to do with he got a little lackadaisical playing on at the Gusta or he got gave up on himself or he got himself in a position mentally where he sort of didn't have it, wasn't on top of it. And you could see that Yes, he birdied three holes in a row getting out of the gate yesterday. But really, at the end of the day, Diane, it almost looked to me like it was just putting. He putted under pressure so well. It was like every time he had a chance to make a six-footer or a ten-footer for par or birdie, he did it. Yeah. And, you know, it was it was a bit of a bit of a bummer that um, Hovland hit the bunker shot on 16 the way he did because I rushed home, sat down so we could just watch these last three holes and see him go head-to-head. But uh, Kepka is a machine when it comes to majors. He loves it. He's not affected by the pressure. A lot of guys 
eject, they get out of the way when the pressure comes on. I mean, there's plenty of guys that we could point to and say, where were you? But Kepka is able to play really well under that kind of heat. And it's really awesome to watch. He talked about the fact that he just thrives under these tough conditions, like the tougher, the better for him. And it just shows where his mental mindset is at, that that's how, you know, if everyone else is finding it tough and they're falling away, that's when he's going to really rise up and show us his best. He did, you know, when we spoke to Jason Duffner uh, last week about playing Oak Hill and about winning a major, Duff had said there has to be an element of luck in there too. And, you know, Kepka did get some lucky breaks in the final round, you know, some great bounces, maybe from the rough to take him back into the fairway you know just missing out on bunkers around the greens um, so there was a few moments where it could have gone either way for him but it's um you know as a golf fan it's great to see Brooks Kepka winning majors because he's just a league above everyone else in that like just tenacity and and goes out to get it. I saw a really great tweet um, from Sean Martin, who works for the PGA Tour, and he had talked about, um, you know, how Kepka had said that he didn't want to give away his secrets of what he learned after playing in the Masters, finishing runner-up, and, you know, as he had said on one of the Barstool podcasts, choking. But Sean had said, you know, I think Kepka dominated and took charge of the pace of play. And we know that that maybe infuriated him when he was playing behind Patrick Cantley at the Masters. But um, I thought that was a really interesting point that Kepka took charge of pace of play and really, um, you know, kind of dictated how that final round went. Yeah, I mean, I don't think pace of play had anything to do with his mindset on winning at Oak Hill. When we handicapped this event last week, we knew that you had to drive it good, and that stood really well all week. As soon as somebody hit it in the rough, it was always going to be a question of not whether they could, you know, get it up to the edge of the green. You know, we saw everybody that fell apart. They just were in the rough the whole time, and and it was good to see a tournament, Diane, where when you were in the rough, it was – it was big trouble. You know, we don't see that much on the tour uh, coming off Byron Nelson, where we had 26 under or something win the tournament. And now Jason Duffner, who was on our tele- on this show last week, he still holds the course record at Oak Hill. I reminded him of this last night and he still holds the tournament record of 10 under at Oak Hill. Brooks Kepka didn't make that birdie putt on 18. So uh, yeah. And, and, you know, we sort of said it was going to be a big hitter's paradise. It was all stacked with big hitters, except one guy, and that was the club pro from California, Michael Block. There was a few things that I learned from watching him, Diane. Very simple swing. Um, medium range, straight hitter. We've, I've talked about on this show so much. Where was the Tom Kite? Where was the Corey Pavin of the world? Well, it came back last week as Michael Block, a straight hitter. Um, you know, putted well, got the momentum on his side. He was almost looking like, you know, is this really happening to me? And and what that did, Diane, what I saw when I saw that was he had stepped away from himself and just let it happen. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes you see on golf, Diane, it's happened to me before, where you, you sort of lose control when you're playing well. And you if you're smart, you just step out of the way and just let yourself go. And, of course, who could have even scripted what he did playing with Roy McIlroy on the 15th hole yesterday afternoon? Oh. And of course, now the world's gone crazy about Michael Block. He's in the Colonial this week. He's got an invitation to the Canadian Open. But I did read another tweet from the tour that said he's not going to try to get on the tour. He wants to go back home and teach and be at his club. So 
got two young boys that play golf, so I know how that feels. He was the people's champion last week and his goal at the start of the week had been that he wanted to finish highest out of all the, the PGA professionals, you know. So then he, he made the cut and just went for it over the weekend. That ace on 15 is one of the greatest moments that I've seen in golf in a really long, long time because he was already living the fairy tale on Sunday. He was playing with Rory. He was hanging on in there. We all wanted him to finish within the top 15, so he earned his place at the PGA Championship next year at Valhalla. And then, oh my gosh, when they were talking it up and I watched his tee shot on 15, I was like, don't say it. Like, seriously, is this about to happen? <laughs> he done it. It was amazing. That, you know, for that guy, his, his life, it's a life-changing week for him in so many ways. Well, you can only imagine how the wildfire would have went through the gallery when you, let's say you and I went to the golf and we were from Rochester and we bought our tickets and we would come up to a hole and everyone was cheering for this one guy. And, and they said, well, why is everyone cheering for that guy? That's that's Rory McIlroy playing with him. No, no, no. This is a club pro guy from California. He teaches on the driving range for his living. He's in here for just one week and he is right there with everybody. Well, automatically you would just focus in on Michael Block and just just get on the bandwagon. And I'm, I, I know, uh, I don't know how he felt, but I sort of do because everyone was behind him. It happened to me a little bit when I was 48, when I was playing in the PGA at Whistling Straits and I was making a run. Everyone was pulling for me because I was the old guy. So I kind of know how he felt. And it's amazing. And you're right. It'll be something that he'll never forget. He jumped up over 3,000 spots in the world rankings, which is like crazy. And it took home just under $300,000. But he charges $125 a lesson. So he might be able to increase his rate a little after this. But you know what? He seems like the kind of guy that won't. Like he just seems like the everyday guy. We all see a bit of ourselves in Michael Block. I think that was the whole charm of the story is that it's like, this is just a, a regular guy who's good at golf. He's a, you know, a teaching pro that went out there and is living his dream. And, you know, n never mind the whole PGA Tour versus Live drama. I don't really think there was much of it last week, which also is a bonus. But it was like, none of that matters. We, we had a great story to focus on in Michael Block. We had a great story in Brooks Kepka making that comeback and getting his fifth major. And all in all, it was just a, a great week. And Victor Hovland getting closer and closer. Yeah, Hovland's going to be one to watch. He's starting to get the hang of it. As you as, as I said earlier, Brooks Kepka miss at, you know, near miss at the uh, at the Masters this year. We we're talking about Jason Duffner had a near miss the year before when he sort of handed it, the Wanamaker to Keegan Bradley in Atlanta. That helped him. Talked about my near miss at the Open Championship in 95, the one that John Daly and Constantino Rocker were in a playoff, gave me the confidence and, and changed me for three weeks later to win a Riviera. So, you know, whether you're a Live supporter or a PGA Tour reporter, one thing is becoming very clear, Diane, and that is that we need all these top players to play together in the majors because it wouldn't be any good without them because there is little sort of storylines. Brooks Kepka was paired with Bryson DeChambeau on Saturday, and now they've made up. And it was good to see Bryson DeChambeau playing good again. You know, he's got that. All the clubs are the same length as a six iron. I'd forgotten how hard it is to chip with a you imagine hitting these little shots around the green with a club the length of a six iron, 60 degrees loft like he was. But 
you know, he's he's getting his game back to being organized. Cam Smith, of course, shot a 65 yesterday, came in there late. Patrick Reed was there. So it just tells me what what's going to happen. I think, you know, should Liv get the top five guys on their tour, be in the majors? Maybe. Do they get some sort of um, watered-down uh, official world golfing points so that the guys can build a little base so they, the good ones can get into the majors? Something. But, of course, it won't be any good if you've got all those so-called name players like Brooks Kepka sitting on the bench when these tournaments come through. It'll be horrible for golf. Yeah. And do you know what? It's um, it, It's it's better having them in because imagine we didn't have them all. We have all these designated events now on the PGA Tour. It would just almost seem like another week. So having these guys coming over from Liv and having, you know, Dustin Johnson had just won on Liv, Kepka obviously after finishing runner-up, you know, Phil Mickelson, Bryson with this new transformation and looking all thin again. <laughs> it was, um, you know, Cam Smith, we all wanted to see how his game was going to stack up and, and he still got it, obviously. But it was um, something really to look forward to and these guys shone and it just made the major feel so much bigger and, and how it's meant to. Yeah, and Oak Hill was the perfect um, setup, Diane. Very difficult course. Had to drive the ball good. Had to hit the irons good. Again, I'll reiterate what I said. Very difficult golf course in the end of the front nine. I mean, Brooks, uh, sorry, Justin Thomas, you know, Jordan Spieth, all these top players had so much trouble. They couldn't get the ball in the fairway, couldn't get the ball to do what they wanted. It sort of was boring the first two days and the rain came, but it wasn't boring yesterday because – that course let them sort of at the end get some fireworks going, 13 and 14. Scotty Scheffler come out of nowhere again, Diane. Look at him. He's third at the his Byron Nelson two weeks ago, second again at the PGA out of nowhere. Uh, Hovland birdied the 18 to time. Um, going back to Colonial where he lost in a playoff to Burns last week. Scotty Scheffler is incredible what he does. He doesn't look like because he's off balance all the time, but if I just cut off his legs and don't look at his legs and look at the top half of his swing and look at the way he putts, he's so impressive. But the feet moving around reminds me of kind of Mark Kalkovecchia back in the day, but my goodness, Diane, he is so unflappable and he's just on a charge when he's coming in. He knows how to do it. Reminds me of a player of the past where he's always you can rely on him. Because he didn't have a great week overall, especially the start of the week. Um, and that horrible problem of missing some short putts was creeping back in and you're like, oh no. Um, so Scheffler back to world number one, terrible week for John Ram. Um, made the cut, but um, not not a good weekend. And fair play to him, he did a little bit of announcing for CVS yesterday. Um, so we got to hear his thoughts on everyone. Um, you say that the first two days were kind of boring, but you mentioned JT and Speed and they both had putts to make the cut on Friday. And like, yeah. that to me is, I was glued, you know, and you're cheating for them. And it's, it's just what a major is all about. It's just, it, they're hard, <laughs> they're hard to win. The cream rises to the top, it's pressure packed. And, um, and Brooks Kepka, a great champion. And of course, Rory McIlroy, who was right there kind of the whole week, who sort of now taking himself out of the limelight, representing the tour as the spokesperson against Liv, is sort of very standoffish in the media at the beginning of the week, trying to focus on golf, got off to a slow start, was still there after 36, was still there after 54, but uh, it just 
wasn't there for Rory. I mean, when you think about how sort of how um, impressive Brooks Kepka mentally and sort of superiorly plays that golf course with the chest out and just sort of does it, and then you sort of picture Rory, who's not quite, he doesn't look as confident as Brooks. Um, of course, he's not. His game hasn't been as good. But, however, two different styles of play there, Diane, but Brooks Kepka. Uh, was not going to be denied. It all came down almost to the the par part at 13. Uh, this, of course, before uh, Hobland left it in the bunker at 16, but just was not going to be denied. Kepka had it. He, he was ready for it. That was good. Fun to watch. All right, so we move on to the Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial this week. So back in Texas, Fort Worth, and... Um, well, let's ha have a look at the course and talk about Colonial Country Club. We, of course, shot Ryan Palmer's player channel there. Um, so you can go back and, and check out those videos and see a bit about the course. We'll be talking about Ryan Palmer a little bit later on. <laughs> but um, Colonial is its actually the longest running host course on the PGA Tour schedule. We've got loads of history here. The winner gets the trophy, the tartan jacket, and this year they're getting a 1970s Ford Bronco. <laughs> so I'm like, that would be my dream car. <laughs> yeah, Kokrak, remember, won it two years ago, and he won some kind of big Bronco as well. But yeah, Colonial Country Club is a course I know really well. I bet I played in the tournament there 25 years straight. Would never miss this tournament. It's one of my favorite courses right on the Trinity River. Sits right below TCU University right there in Fort Worth, Diane. Every great player has played there. They call it Hogan's Alley. It, it works really well if you've got a left to right or a fade shot. Um, small golf course packed in right along the river, but around through all these trees and it's just one of the classic golf courses everybody it's not that long past 70 two par five number one and number 11 most players can reach both so the scoring will be pretty good jordan spieth plays so good at this tournament i'm looking at his stats 10 years in a row he's barely out of the top 15 he's always there i didn't make much of his event last week could he do it again this week but Maybe, but it's a very tricky little course, Diane. It's fun to play because you don't have to be massive off the tee. It's, uh, the last three champions at, at this tournament, Diane, I looked up all the data. All three of those champions were in the top 10 in greens and reg and in the top 10 in putting for the week. So I'm sort of works exactly the way I think it should go. You've got to hit greens at Colonial. You've got to putt good. You say, you know, it's a short course, um, just over 7,200 yards and, you know, a positional course, a lot of dog legs, small greens. Um, but the last two winners in Sam Burns and Jason Kokrak are huge hitters. So, you know, they obviously took a little bit more of an aggressive approach. Um, you were there when Kokrak won. Um, we've got their stats, but what what do you make of these two guys who on paper, you know, are way, way bigger hitters than you would traditionally think would do well around this place? Well, I've never seen a guy drive it like he did Kokrak, I'm talking about when he won two years ago um, in the back nine when he was playing with Jordan Speed, he was hitting the ball 325 yards off every hole down through all these pecan trees and dog legs, as you said, cutting corners and just putted unreal. It was just amazing to see a, a guy of that length. When you think about 
Kelowna, you sort of think back at some of the past champions, Diane. I think Lanny Watkins, a short hitter with curves ball. Corey Pavin played really good here. You know, all kind of shorter hitters favor at uh, Colonial. Kevin but, Ma, he, he those two those those two guys, amazing. I'm 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 set up this week. I'm looking. I'm thinking about you know the greens in reg and the putting and who who can you know, elevate themselves in those two categories to get on the on these greens and, you know, in, in play and, and make some putts. Yeah, we've of course got the horrible horseshoe as well, holes three, four and five. And I was looking, 2019, it played as the hardest three-hole stretch on tour. And uh, it was a combined 248 over par <laughs> over the course of the four days, which is horrible. So, yeah, well, the, the, the three, four, and five it sort of represent sort of three sides of a box, if you would. The number three is a dog leg left. You have to cut the corner, and it's a real long par four, or probably a three wood or a driver across the corner, middle, middle long iron. Number four is one of the hardest par threes on the whole tour, 250 yard par three. And then number five, is the scariest, one of the scariest tee shots on the tour. It goes right along the Trinity River. You hit your tee shot and you have to, when it when it goes around the corner, it lands where you don't see it. And if you overcut it, you're in the Trinity River. If you hit it left, you're in the out of bounds on the driving range. So number five is always one of the most difficult holes on the tour. So we used to always say if you got to the six tee, even par, every day you were just so happy and we've put it we've even put front front nine scoring into our analysis this week to see what who who's good at those front nine that front nine at colonial okay right well let's get into our picks we each have an outright favorite one to watch and then a dark horse at over a hundred to one um, good field this week. You know, we talked about Scott Scheffler, he's teeing it up, um, Jordan Speed, Victor Hovland's back in action, Colin Morikawa, Max Homa, Tony Finau. Are you picking any of them as your outright favourite? Not picking any of the ones that you've talked about thus far. Um, although Jordan Speed is hard to go against, but I, you know, I'm just, Jordan's too wild off the tee for me and he's, he's, his left wrist is, is unknown. I'm going for a guy that um, Jason Duffner talked about last week to watch out for. We're talking about some JM who missed the cut at the PGA and someone that's watching the show will say, well, why would Elkington be picking some JM after he missed the cut in the PGA? Well, let me tell you, he's been playing great. Tied for eighth at Wells Fargo, uh, sixth at Zurich, seventh at uh, Heritage, went to Korea last week and won before the PGA. Jason Duffner says if he doesn't, if he's not too tired, he's either going to win, he's going to do really well at Oak Hill or he's going to be too tired to play well. Well, we found out he was too tired to play well. So I'm jumping on him this week because he would have rested. He was off for the whole weekend down in Dallas, relaxing, getting ready. Uh, he does things that I like, Diane. He's in the top, you know, 20 in putting. He's in the top 15 in greens and reg. He hits the ball good. He's good at front nine scoring. He drives it straight. This course should set up super for him. Uh, of course, you named them all, Scheffler, Jordan, Burns, Honma, Morikawa. But I'm on the Korean some JM. I'm bringing a little of that Korean victory he had two weeks ago back into play. 
Okay, he's 20 to 1. When we did our re-ranking, he came out at number 2, which is awesome. He's 24th in the FedEx Cup right now. So Sung JM as your outright favourite. I'm piggybacking on one of your picks from the PGA Championship, who ended up doing pretty well and finished within the top 10. I am going with Justin Rose this week as my outright favourite. At I found him at 32 to 1. So we are going up there with the odds. Now, um, he missed the cut here last year, but he won this tournament in 2018, finished third in 2020. You have to be a, a great iron player, positional player that just works in with Justin Rose. He's uh, going through this kind of revitalization this year. We've seen him win at Pebble Beach and out with that, he's had an additional three top tens, including that T9 at the PGA Championship last week. But, you know, looking at his stats, his numbers are pretty good and um, he is accurate. Um, not long ago, he was 13th on the PGA Tour, 15th in accuracy, 30th in putting average, um, just outside the top 30 in scramble. I like Justin Rose right now and um, saw some good stuff from him last week on a really, really tricky course. Um, so Justin Rose, I am going to take as my outright favourite this week at 32 to 1. Yeah, the way you play well at Colonial, Diane, unless you're Jordan Speed, where you miss greens and you're able to do the Houdini moves around the greens like he does coming from, coming from Dallas, is you hit the ball straight off the tee. That's our two guys, some JM... Uh, Justin Rose hit the ball on the green and, and work your way around this course. You need two or three under a day, 67, 66, 67 to, to win this tournament. If you're going to get to 12, 15 under, 14 under, what usually wins this tournament. Sam Burns, of course, last year uh, got hot on Sunday and came in with a hot round on Sunday. Burns is so hot and cold. You know, he misses cuts and then he wins the match play, misses cuts and, and back and forth. Not sure exactly <clears throat> where he is with his game. Um, Diane, but he, you know, I like your pick and I like my pick. Yeah, both very good. I like it. Sung JM and Justin Rose at the top of our boards. Right, moving on to one to watch and you talk about hot and cold. I think my guy's a little bit hot and cold right now. However, coming off a hot week at the PGA Championship and he finished in a tie for fourth, not just a hot week, but a hot Sunday round at Oak Hill of five under par. I'm taking an Aussie this week, Elk, in Cameron Davis. <laughs> Um, Good on you, mate. Good on you, mate. <laughs> I found him at 50 to 1. Actually, that was the highest. Um, he finished seventh at this tournament last year. But Cam Davis is an exceptionally talented player. Again, you know, just a little bit up and down. I think the momentum of playing well in a major, finishing within the top five um, and having such a great Sunday, he's going to be able to take into this week. And definitely his approach play is the the elite part of his game right now and it's going to be important this week so I really like it as I said he finished within the top 10 here last year so good vibes heading back to Colonial but I'm going to take Cameron Davis as my one to watch I like it I am taking a player that should absolutely crush this place and I'm riding this player because he hasn't done much with very good stats and I'm talking about Tom Hoagie so he's in the top 10 in putting. He's in the top 17 in greens and reg. But, Diane, he's only, you know, 34th in FedEx. He's been off a few weeks before he played the PGA, finished 58th last week, 43rd. 
he hasn't been doing much with all this good striking. So I'm jumping on this wagon early because I'm I'm sometimes when we handicap Diane, we we look for players' trends, but there's no way a guy can go into the colonial like Tom Hoagie, who drives it. He's one of the best drivers on the tour. I didn't even mention that, but he hits a lot of greens and hits fairways and putts good. I'm I'm jumping on him early at sixty to one because I think it's time for him to bust out because he's got all these great stats and there's not much happening in 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 the result column. So okay. he's got to be frustrated and he's wait, waiting for his chance. Yeah, and he's so This good. is the perfect course for him. Yeah, I always think Tom Hoagie, greens and regulation. <laughs> like that. They just go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right then. And then moving on to our dark horse. So these guys have to be over 100 to 1. I'll let you go first with yours. Um, no, you go because I just found out my, my dark horse is not 100 to 1. So I've got to get it back up. Okay, well, my guy is, um, I found him at 110. Actually, I just saw him at 125 to one um, but I think maybe those odds are going to come down because uh, as we're recording this there's a US Open qualifier happening in Dallas and this guy is uh, I don't think he's leading I think he's second right now but he's playing great he's playing great right now in general and then um I'll go into all that, but the, the big thing is he's a member of Colonial. He has probably played this course more than anyone who's teeing it up this week, but not only that, but he's never missed this tournament. Since 2004, <laughs> he's played in this tournament every single year. Ryan Palmer openly talks about the fact that this is the one that he wants to win. So this is like the major for Ryan Palmer, isn't it? It's his home event, um, home club, He's going to have a ton of support out there and he's playing good. He now. always plays good here. Well, having said that, I was like, why is he never won? So I thought I'm going to really dive into his stats and, and see what he's been doing wrong here. Um, he's had four top tens. The last one came in 2019, but his around the green and approach stats have been the ones that have really let him down here. So um, they kind of like stand out as the, the area that, He's not he's not firing on all cylinders. However, I looked at his last two starts and approach is the stat that has been increasing. So that's obviously the part of his game that he's been working hard on. He knows probably better than anyone that it's the thing that maybe lets him down when he plays in this tournament. So he's been getting better and better. Um, just finished eighth at the Byron Nelson in Texas a couple of weeks ago. I had picked him there as well um, and got that top 10 for him. But I'm going with it. Ryan Palmer, could this be the year that he finally gets it done? Um, I found him at 125 to one. Love Ryan Palmer. He's the greatest. Um, will you look up and see if you can find Ryan Fox for about 100 to 1 for me? Because I, I wanted to talk about three guys from the Southern Hemisphere. Ryan Fox and Minwoo Lee both made it, at the, played well at the PGA, and they both got their temporary membership. Well, what does it mean to get your temporary membership? What does that actually mean to get a to be awarded a temporary membership? What that means is they've, they've won enough money on the PGA Tour to – Passed the 150th guy on the money list last year, and what does that mean? That means that now that they're now that as a non-member, they can get unlimited amount of sponsor exemption. So anyone can buy them. Normally, they're restricted to only five, but now they're both unlimited. So you've got Minwoo Lee, and you've got Ryan Fox. I've been telling everyone that's been listening that Ryan Fox is the best player. 
from New Zealand, uh, best player that's not on the PGA Tour, played in Europe primarily. I think he won your tournament last year, the Scottish Open. Did you find him for me at 100, Ryan Fox? I found him at 90. 90. Okay, I'll take that. I've given you. I've given you. But I'm 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 looking at Minwoo Lee, exciting, super exciting player. Played really well at the Players Championship. We we're on Minwoo early on, telling everyone about him. Ryan Fox. I've been talking about Ryan Fox for a couple of years now. Just had a baby. You you'll appreciate that. Got over a bout of pneumonia. Had a really good week last week. But now both of these guys have said publicly that it's a dream come true for them to get. Uh, to get that temporary status on the PGA Tour. So I'm going to ride Ryan Fox, super long hitter, almost probably very similar swing as to Brooks Kepka, and he, he's going to get on TV this week and everyone's going to watch it and go, oh, that's the guy Elkington was talking about is his long shot. He has a very similar – hits at about the same distance as Brooks Kepka, plays almost – and looks about the same size at him, big guy. His dad was one of the greatest uh, New Zealand rugby players in the history of the sport. Anyway – Enough about that. Ryan Fox, I don't have much stats on him other than he's going to play well this week. How about that? Do the Aussies and the Kiwis get on well? Do you guys have a good relationship? Oh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, yeah, we're fine. It's kind of like you and the Irish or you and the uh, English. I couldn't no, say. No, us and the Irish. No, no, yeah, the Irish, yeah. <laughs> Although I picked uh, an Englishman up top this week. Um, so, yeah, Ryan Fox, I found him at 90 to 1. Min Willie, 66 to 1 was the highest I got for him. So, um, And I would say one one other that's not a long shot, but yeah. uh, other Aussie, Lucas Lucas Herbert, who finished uh, really strong yesterday at the PGA. He's, he, he's, you know, those three guys, good time of the year for them. Okay. All right, good. Um, and then... Michael Block, <laughs> if you think that he could finish within the top 20 this week, you can get him at plus 850. So that would be nice. Eight and a half to one to finish within the top 20 again. <laughs> it's going to be hard on Michael to reproduce uh, that magic for him because uh, the magic will be in a different state. However, that being said, did you know that he has been like the – he didn't come completely out of the blue. He had won the player of his section uh, out in Northern California or, or Southern California eight of the last nine years. I mean, he's won every single event that's ever been posted out there in his section. I mean, the guy is an absolute legend out there. So it's not completely out of the blue. Guy can play. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually think we talked about him on the show before at the PGA. Um, so... But still, just an amazing week for him. And as we said, a weekend that he is, uh, he's never, ever going to forget. All right, Elk, thank you so much. It's Colonial this week. Our picks are in for the Charles Schwab Challenge. And well, next week we have another one of these designated events. Um, it's Memorial Day on Monday. It's Memorial at Jack's Place. And we'll be talking about the tournament next week. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.